from MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. Guess who's back? Tennis Revolution Podcast. Kimmy's back. <laughs> um, I can't rap or sing or do a podcast, quite <laughs> frankly. Kim is back. That's the biggest news we have, except for some tournament. I don't even know where it's at. Oh, I know where it's at. Jingjia minus no or something. Hiroshima. Yeah. I'm like, wow, how far <laughs> have we fallen? I really had to resist the joke right there. Yes. Um. But is it kind of sad that, I mean, I guess if any player comes back that's that notable, it's going to be a main story. But it, to me, it's kind of sad that that is the main story. <clears throat> and we had just talked about like players coming back. Yeah, but so first of all, anybody coming back on the men's side, it's sad because we know we know <laughs> right, what it means. They're right. going to rock it to the top. <laughs> if they were, 18, if they were one of the best players, if yet. they were eighteen in the world when they left. They'll be back to 18 when they get back. Well, yeah, you said if Roddick came back now, he'd be top 30. Top 30. Within six months. Today. Um, I mean, if he trained hard. Right. He's younger top than... Top 30. He's caliber, old, yeah. He's younger than Federer. Right. Um, but is it a story on the women's side? I don't think it's going to be. My prediction is that she's not going to achieve the success she thinks she's going to achieve. Well, we don't know what she thinks, but I... Uh, I called her yesterday. <laughs> uh, we had a long I talk, heart to heart. I think yeah, I agree with you. I don't think she's going to meet her expectations, whatever they are. That's a that's a that's a late comeback number one, and it's a post multiple children comeback. You son of <laughs> well, first of all, not only they should protect her ranking, they should protect it three times. She <laughs> had three babies. They should protect her. What is that rule? The pregnant ranking rule? Maternity. She should ranking. come back at number one. She should be the number one seed at Australia. Well, the only, outside of just a couple crazy comebacks, like temporary comebacks, the only example we have of someone coming back like this was that, you know, Kamiko coming back, and I'm trying to find what she got to in her comeback. I know she was top 20 originally, and she got pretty close to top 20 in her comeback. She's 48 now. Years old? Yeah. Is she uh, really? Mm -hmm. Good Lord. But she, I think, retired for longer. And she was still able to come back, you know, like to get top 40. So, I mean, based on that, so 12 years after retiring, she came back in 2008. She was 37. Different time. What, well, it was a different time. Was it, what is Kleister's? Her, well, her high is one. No, I mean, what is her age right now? Uh, 50. <laughs> Isn't it like 38, 39? Maybe. I think that's what I read. But based on I would that, look it up if I knew in any <laughs> sense how to spell her name. Not even close. <laughs> I got Kim. But I think, Oh, look, Kim comes up. Kim Kleiss pretty go. quick. There's not a lot of Kims out there. What's I, a Kim with a giant butt? What's her name? Kardashian. Li uh, yes. Your Instagram idol. Our Instagram. <laughs> you don't have an Instagram, but that's, that's right. technically our Instagram. Who gets more followers every second than we have total. 36. <laughs> And hey, she's so the same age. And she's a Gemini. <laughs> so Date came back at 36 and got, I think, top 35, top 40-ish, which is only a little bit worse than she was before. 
using that criteria, Kim could be top 10, but I don't but see But I'm it. not saying that. I don't think, first of all, we have to concede that if she gets top, what's the, what's the highest or the lowest ranking she can get to make us look like idiots? Oh, I mean, you mean like that the best she can do. So, because our theory is that these guys just come back out of nowhere. They'll be top 10 because right. it's the weakest era on the men's tour. You mean on the men? Yeah. So on the women, we don't think that's the case. So theoretically, she should have a really tough time. Right. If she gets into the top 50, no problem. Top 30, no problem. Top 20, do we start to look like idiots? Like maybe we're wrong? Yeah, I would say top 20 is when you start to, that starts to worsen the credibility of the tour now. Just mm. to, honestly, you can get in top I don't 30. care about the credit, but I, I care about our credibility, <laughs> the theory that men's tennis sucks. But I mean, you can get to top 30 because she's going to get a wild card any tournament she wants. If she wins two rounds on average in a tournament, she's going to be top 30. Right. So that's not, to me, that big of an achievement. But anyway, Date, she played about 20 slams since her comeback, made two third rounds, and that was it. Whereas pre-retirement, originally she made six quarterfinals, so that's quite a big drop-off yeah. from when she played. Now, she was retired longer, but from when Clem Kleist was retired the first time, it's been pretty long. Yeah. But 36 is the key. Yeah. I mean... And she's thinking in her mind, I'm 36, Serena's, you know, whatever, 36, 37, it's, we're going to be comparable. But we've uh, not been out of it. Now, she's not, not the, same. the greatest ever, though. Right. Not even close to the greatest ever. Now, could she compete with the greatest ever? Yes, and she did. Right. But I think... Do you consider her Serena's biggest competitor, by the way? Not according to Sharapova's book. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got to be her or Justine, in my opinion. I mean, you could say Venus, but to me, that's kind of a cop-out. Yeah, that's a. I don't like that. Competitor meaning the biggest challenge is what I would say either Kim or Justine... Yeah, for a period of time. Well, yeah, I mean, that neither was a, of them were long-term rivals, was, really. That was a happening. That was a happening scene. You know that that time period. Right. A lot of good players. Justine Ennin with the oney. Because Hingis didn't like once Hingis lost to Serena, it was like over. Didn't to, seem like she to both again. both sisters. Yeah, they sort of you know hit her off the court, and that was that was the end of the the counterpunching era. Yeah, and there hadn't been anybody else that. I mean, you could say Kerber or somebody like that, but I'm talking about someone that's kind of a contemporary. So I think, you know, you might be, yeah, but I would, but she's still, like you said, far inferior in, in all categories. The only, the only upside is she hasn't had wear and tear on her body, you know, run around on hard courts for however many years that, that makes a difference. Yeah. And she's going to be super excited to be out there, um, which doesn't seem think, to make a difference. You don't think Serena is happy to be on court most of the time? Uh, doesn't always look like she is. Looks a little tortured right. sometimes, doesn't it? Um, and Halep and those people. I mean, there's a lot of people that don't look like they're happy when they're out there. Well, this is... You don't think it's a story, and you're like, ah, oh, well, you know, what a what a bummer that this is the big story right now in tennis. Well, the season's over, technically, even though we have 19 not cups te- not, coming. I was going to say, not technically, like, actually, like, every in every way. It's right, over. actually, except for the 19 <laughs> cups we have coming up. 
Um, which everybody committed to after all the criticism. They're all playing. Right. Uh, everybody, story, oh, the, but, se- the season's too long, but I'll play 19 <laughs> Cups. Um, no, I just think it's one of those stories that's sort of like the Andy Murray retiring story. Like, I'm retiring unless I can still play. So I feel like, like, Kleister's is like, I'm coming back, you know, if I can still play. So it's like, it's a story. It's not really a story now. It's like a future story. So I don't like getting hyped up over stuff that's like, number one, it's not happening for five months, but like, it's not a big deal now. And also she could play one tournament, get blown out and that could be the end of it, which is what happens <laughs> in a lot of these comebacks. It, hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, who's the most successful tennis comeback ever? This podcast. <laughs> You have to you have to be up to come back. <laughs> Good point. Um, well, I was looking for the uh, the head to head here between Serena and Venus. Oh, okay. Well, they've definitely played the most, probably of anybody. All right, guess which players which. <laughs> okay, WTA titles. <laughs> six, forty-one. Venus only has six titles. <laughs> or you're talking about Kim. Kim. Oh, okay. You said Venus and Serena. Kim. Oh, no, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, I did like, I? Meant I, was between, like, what? I meant between Kim and Serena. That only six titles, though? That's amazing. Yeah. Because like okay. three or four of them are slams. All right, how about this? D- doubles titles. 10 or 11. Now, that's tough. <laughs> that's tough. That is. 41 is actually really low, by the way, too, for Serena, who's the greatest tennis player ever. I don't know if this is right. That doesn't sound right. This is not. Federer's got like 92. I don't think this is. Maybe doing. that's just generic titles, not not counting the slams as part of the titles. Maybe. I don't know. That's just WTA titles, not counting the Grand Slam, surely. What an awful website. That's like two a year. I don't think it's resetting right. This is stupid. See, I have to go to Wikipedia for all that, but then it's hard to compare one to the other. Yeah, this isn't right. I think it's, what is this thing doing? You know what? <laughs> it's comparing. It won't switch from Barty. It's got Barty and Clysters, and it won't switch to Williams for some reason. Because <laughs> yeah, Barty was think. already in there. All right, so we're going to do a comparison to the number one player of about a month ago. <laughs> yeah, I've got... It won't do... It. Great job, WTA. Well done. Leicester's won six Grand Slam titles, but four singles, two doubles. Right. Okay. Well, there you go. So, singles titles, Kim Kleister's 41. Okay. She only made 24 million career prize money. That's why she's coming back. <laughs> Pay for her, those kids. Yeah, her husband's a bum. <laughs> But yeah, international basketball didn't pay as much as it used to, I guess. <laughs> 41 titles. That's that's a lot, though. Oh, sure. Compared to the 314 from Serena, I guess. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I think I was just trying to think of somebody who's come back in tennis. And actually been successful when I say come back, like to me, it doesn't count if you retire at 20 and come back at 25. Like to me, Jennifer Capriati, right. that, that wasn't like she was like 28 during her comeback, you know, period. So, yeah, it was a comeback, but there's got to be some sense like in your prime of age. Yeah, it's not really fair. There we go. Comeback. Now we've got it. Come on, WTA. <laughs> All right. What do you think the head to head is? They played nine times. Kim and Serena. Yep. Serena, 72 titles, by the way. Um, six, three, Serena. Seven, two. Not bad. That's still, that's not really a rivalry. No. 41 titles to 72. 
24 million to <laughs> 92 million. Yeah. Good Lord. Age 33 to 37. Wait, who's that? Who? No, Serena's only 33. <laughs> she looks great. <laughs> yeah, why? That's off too. Yeah, that's not right. The WTA website is the worst. Okay, so Serena and Justine, can you tell we're doing this on the fly? 8-6. Well, we just found out she was coming back yesterday. Serena, Justine, 8-6 head to head. So wow, that's gotta be one much of the closest. better. Um, and it has like its own Wikipedia play, just their rivalry. Oh, wow. Um, and yeah, you had that, they had that, remember they had that crazy article like three or four years ago and it was every match Serena's ever lost. And it like literally wrote out every opponent that's ever beaten her in a WTA match. And there was like three or four women that were like one and zero against her. And it was like, you know, played her back in 1999 right. or whatever. And it was, there was only like two people I think that had beaten her more than once that had a winning record against her. And it was a couple that were like two and one or something. That's awful. Um, so that that's article, their career that they, they right. that's their claim to fame one and on their tennis, you know, Academy court in whatever country or in their bio on their podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm just, first of all, I'll watch every minute that she plays. I'll be excited. I'll tune in just like when Murray came back, just like, you know, when all the, when never Tolova had her little comeback for one or two tournaments. But I just think it's like, I think it's overhyped. I'll put it that way. Well, if she comes back and blows through the ranks and is a, is a contender for a grand slam, then the women's tour is a sham. <laughs> and this podcast is a sham. And we have no idea what we're talking yeah. about. I'd better not say that. That would be, case. but you're right. That would be bad. That would be bad. Um, but we've and we've said it would be bad for the men's too. We're just we already know that. That's not it for right. Right. We already know if you know a man came back now, he could get back there pretty quickly. Oh, there's not many men left now that are young enough to come back. Yeah. But Jack, yeah, I'm just trying to think. Jack Sock. <laughs> oh, he he hadn't retired yet. Yeah. No. See if he came back. After two, he just said he retired. He said he retired today and comes back in two years. Like that's not a comeback. You're 26 or 28 or whatever you are. Yeah, but didn't you say earlier that the comeback you had to be up somewhere to go down <laughs> and then come back? Um, Beep. Yeah. Beep. Our favorite. Beep. But once again, our producer cannot figure out how to put this studio completely together. <laughs> my laptop, my soundboard, nothing. I have to do my own. I think it's intentional. Probably. I want you to have access to that anymore. Or you told him to. So, it is a big story. Oh, yeah. But it's a big developing story. It's not big that she's coming back. It's big what happens. And it's big because we have a lot at stake. Our reputations are on the line. <laughs> and reputations, <laughs> I'm not, we don't have one. Well, and I would be interested to hear, and, and they're never going to tell you the truth, because I, I think there's a lot of ego involved with somebody who's been that good that she does think she can come back and be an immediate contender. Immediate meaning after a couple months. Right. Um, um, man, I, I would I would find it hard to believe that she would do it just for exposure for for endorsements. Right. Or so I think you might be right in that regard. Well, we talked about. Does how, she? I mean, what do those people have? That, that's all she's ever done. I'm sure. And so those people, I was I, I watched that uh, thirty for thirty yesterday with Dennis Rodman, and I had completely forgotten that he played for the Mavericks for like 12 games. Right. And so it's again, it's like those people don't have anything else. So, and I don't mean that as an insult. I just mean when you've played tennis since you were five, right. 
if you're physically able, like she probably went out and if hit. If you're for at a that week. level, you had to put so much time and effort to. That's all you could do. It's yeah. not like it's all she can, right. but that's all she could have done. And she probably went out and hit on a court for an hour or two and thought, "Man, I'm hitting way better than I thought." By the way, Wozniacki would beg to differ. <laughs> you hear about her? Uh-uh. She's going to Harvard. Oh yes, I did hear that. Um, yeah. So she can do something else, but that's planning for the future, I guess. Look at her. But yeah, I mean, so what you're saying is what we need to happen is for Kim to come back and get crushed in the first or second round of Australia. Yeah. She needs to play a seed and the seed needs to smoke her. Well, and what if she plays for, I don't think it's necessarily a failure on our part. If she comes and plays six months and then she makes the quarters of Wimbledon, because then you you're putting in the same amount of work after six months that everybody else is right. And you're still close enough to the age of the other players that I don't think that's a necessarily a indictment on the tour. Um, because it's not like she's way past her prime, especially with the way the tour is now. I mean, you got a lot of players around her age that are still out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think yeah. So if she came back immediately and was good, then we'd have a problem, right? I just can't see that happening. I really can't either. Even if she's been working very hard off court, you're still not in game shape and match shape. Yeah, tournament. Well, shape. and it's. That, like you said, the game is changing. It's changed a lot more in the last 10 years and the previous 10 years. And the previous, you know, it's like people are playing now. All Everybody's playing power tennis. Yep. They're all hitting harder. She was more defensive. Like her style of play isn't suited to aging. <laughs> of course, we said that about Nadal and he's got now 19 slams, but. Yeah, weakest era. Do you remember? <laughs> but I can't see her grinding out, you know, against these power players like she did before. Because that was her way of winning. She would get to everything. Yeah. You know, hit corner to corner. I don't know that she's going to be able to do that. It'll be interesting. I I uh, hate to hinge our credibility on one player. Because the more I think about it, the more risky <laughs> it seems. But I, I just can't. If I had to put money on it, I can't, I can't think I'd bet a dollar on her making the fourth round of any Grand Slam. For the whole year? Yeah. Hmm. We've seen so many of the, the thing about the women's tours, there's so many top players of the potential to choke in a big match. There's always that. Yeah, but all in a row. I know. That's the thing. That's the part. That's the part that would be and, harder. And, I don't, and the difference is she doesn't need to play a big three like the guys do to, right. to lose. A lot of the women are good. Yeah, that's the difference. And so I think if she's playing, you know, top 20 women, who are lower lower seeds in tournaments, she's still going to have trouble. Yeah. I think, I think, I got to go back and watch some old film. It's really making me try to think of all the comebacks because, you know, Hingis came back and that didn't really, she never really got. In double she did. Yeah, Man, in double she was great, but she never got anywhere near yeah. her single success. Yeah. That's probably the cocaine. <laughs> but her game, talk about someone whose you know, game got passed by, that was definitely her issue. I think Kim's game is still close enough to how they play now. Yeah, Hingis, her she fell in the perfect time. Yeah, she and of, Hewitt were like the same category. Right, they fell in like that little three year period where they could stack up the some big wins. Three wasn't there in the men's, the Williamses weren't there in the women's. Um, and they got in there and they were young and everybody else was kind of fading. Right, you had Steffi and Monica and all them fading and the Sampras and Agassi and all them fading. Yeah. I'll tell you what. And we're about to have that era again. No, they're never going to fade. <laughs> they're never going to fade. <laughs> well, they did. We'll see if it was one tournament or permanent fade. 
Well, that's why Leighton needs to come back. Yeah. He could come he back. He can. He couldn't come back. Because he was down, like he was in the 60s when he quit. Yeah. Even worse, maybe. I think he's still playing doubles, literally <laughs> still. And, and coaching. Oh, boy, oh, boy. And making all the punks that are from Australia, making them mad. But you know. They the, talk a lot of trash about him. Yeah, you know the. I mean, in terms of notoriety, that's probably the biggest player in the women's that could come back. Her or Justine, either way would be kind or of like similar. Dementieva, somebody like that. She had some good success, didn't she? Never won a slam, but yeah, she she was like the best considered she the best was player right. not to win a slam. Yeah, but in terms of like a fan favorite that's going to draw the attention, this is probably the number one. So I can see why it's getting the attention. I'm just trying to stay, like I said, uh, muted because I think it could be bad. That's what I'm worried about, but I don't want to go all in just in case it's not. <laughs> Because I do think, like I said, I do think this is really telling of our theory on the women more than the men. Well, I'll tell you another comeback, two other comebacks that are recent and both top 10 players. You got Patty Schneider. Rocky Balboa. <laughs> you forgot about him. It beats everybody. And Vera Zvonareva. And they both can barely crack the top 100. I think Schneider hasn't cracked the top 100 yet. Right. And Zvonareva has got barely qualified for a couple slams. Qualified, automatically qualified. But so they were both top, Zonarev I think was number two or three in the world. And she's probably younger than Kim or close. Schneider I think is older, but like you said, it's not, it's not nearly as easy on the women's. Again, the one advantage. I don't think so. But the one advantage I give, I'm telling you, Kleisters will get a wild card in anything she wants for all of 2019. Here's the, here's the, the not the model of it, but here's kind of some clues. Kuznetsova. Mm-hmm. I mean, multi-grand slam winner she's 34 so right. she's in that ballpark and she's trying she had a run right. at a tournament yeah. and everybody got uh, excited <laughs> and it and you know it and led nowhere since then it led nowhere and she's making a little bit of money having a little fun probably getting some you know vodka or whoever whatever russia been, does she sponsorships. top 25 for no. five years now yeah no so she she's 60 be, she's 62 right now yeah she would be a contemporary of Kleister's. Yeah, and so I think it's going to be similar to that. Yeah. Um, where she'll just hover. But, I mean, you know, again, if you were number one in the world at some point, won some Grand Slam titles at some point, now you come back your top 30, you can make some money and not on the court. Well, and if she jumps in there in doubles, yeah, she could be a contender in doubles in the men's? quickly. <laughs> um, in the prestigious mixed doubles draw, Hopman Cup. and No, uh, actually men's. Uh, yeah, just yeah. play men's. <laughs> but... um. Oh yeah, the endorsements. She's pr- she'll have a million dollars. Belgian waffles, Belgian something. chocolates, <laughs> Belgian. What else? And uh, that's that's pretty much it. And they don't. There's no other Belgians that are making any noise, so they need her. She yeah. can carry the torch. I mean, she could honestly. She, she could, could literally be coming back for the Olympics. That could be part of it. Yeah. Um, Man, what if her and Justine Ennen came back? That would be awesome. I can't see them. No, playing together or obviously doing well, but no. Well, that's golf fan and mixed. That's enough for uh, old people playing tennis. That's <laughs> enough for the senior women's tour. That's right. Uh, there is, believe it or not, one other subject matter I'd like to tackle when we come back. <laughs> It's time 
to join the revolution. Go to our website, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com to get the latest episodes, email us your questions and comments, or give us show ideas. That was an abrupt. Uh, that was an abrupt break, but we're back now. It's Even be a serious topic. It no, it's like. not at all. <laughs> at all. I had somebody. I had somebody tweet, which you wouldn't know what that is. Um, you're, you're talking about a bird. Yes. Okay. It's uh, it's his platform, <laughs> not a diving board platform, but a platform on a phone. Um, somebody tweeted wanting the information about which episode it was that we talked about our idea for the schedule. Right. Several, but we and I have no idea why she asked me. I don't even remember <laughs> what last week's episode was about. Right. So, so I told her I would, after the season's over, we would sort of go through our schedule and then I would tweet, compile, Twitter at her, compile something. Best of episode and just put it in there. Oh man. Is there enough for one <laughs> episode for after, best of? After about a hundred episodes, we got a, or 15 minutes worth maybe I think. maybe so anyway uh so yeah so i figured let's we have talked about it in pieces and parts right. over several episodes but i figured we just hammer it down yeah and say exactly what it is considering it is on topic because the season is actually over and now there's just garbage time right garbage time which is the only time Steelers can score a touchdown apparently <laughs> now i'm not telling you what happened today i'm yes. just telling uh-huh that is not a clue to the game. I swear. <laughs> I swear. I was just trying to make fun of my team. He's trying to rile me um, up during the show. Well, I just wanted to use gar- garbage time. Right. And the only time you can think of garbage time is when somebody's... That's a perfect analogy for what our, this season is yeah. right now. Everybody's scoring touchdowns after the game's pretty much out of hand. Well, and how many times did you turn on the TV this week and you're like, who are these people? Um, now, I will say this. If they could have a little more coherent um, information about the pro circuit, you know, the the... 25k you know level or 80ks or whatever the minimum is now they cut the tours in half um the 80ks for the women the 100 or 125s for the men and really do some background work so when you turn it on there's a more of a history of right hey this player has been you know playing these tournaments at this level and they get this many points and well you're looking at trying to catch a guy that's in the top 100 who has this many points and you know we've talked about tennis is the worst at that Yes. But what is hilarious to me is that we have, we only can watch the top five players or players in the hundreds. Like this week, we got the players in the hundred. When do we get to see 20 to 80? Like we never see those people. I mean, 20 to 80 to 100 to 150 on the men is all the same. <laughs> so I what know. do you want? But, but on the just, women, for sure. But it's just funny. Like those, I feel like those players that are the real up and comers are the ones we never see. I will say, at least on the women's side, it is exciting. Oh, who's coming next? Because right. the men, I'm over that. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I won't be hurt again. All right? <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. So on the women's side, it's a little more realistic that somebody could come along. You know, we certainly could have been watching Barty or Osaka four years ago, right. five years ago on the cricket pitch. <laughs> um, but could have watched them come through and, and wow, okay, well, I remember right. seeing her, you know, and so-and-so. Well, but, and I will say I missed that, that ESPN showed U.S. Open qualifying, which I didn't even know until after the fact. Right. But I guess they showed it this year, which is a cool way to see yeah. those up-and-comers. Yeah. So, But if they did that with the challenger-level matches and had a better – I mean, they have the rights to them. The Tennis Channel has the rights right. to them. They need to set it up, you know, put together a package 
every time they they show it, even if it's in you know wherever. It doesn't matter. There was one in Cary, North Carolina last week. Yeah. Um, that was funny because it just said Cary, and I had no idea where that was, and I was wondering, and it didn't ever give a state. <laughs> it just said Cary. Cary Underwood. <laughs> it's in her backyard. But you know what? They could turn the challenge. This is a, diff- a different topic for a different podcast, but the Challenger Tour could be a qualification tour like it is in golf. Like, you play your six months Only or that. one year in, qual- in Challengers, and then the top X number, you're in. you're on the main tour the whole year. Right. Like, why does it have to be a week-to-week thing? You Challenger one week, main tour next week, Challenger one week, main tour... Well, that would make more sense for our tournament as well, right. because I mean, our tournament, our schedule, yeah. our year, annual schedule. If they followed our annual schedule, then keeping the group, the top one twenty-eight, right, give or take injury, maybe a guy gets called up or a girl gets yeah. called up. When one think about how the buzz in the Challenger Tour, because let's say somebody like Felix, for example, imagine if twenty nineteen was his year on the Challenger Tour, he could be lighting up, and he tore titles, it up. Yeah. and that's a reason to watch that. And then you're going to be way more hyped as opposed to he win one, wins one tournament and he's up to 85 and he, he gets in the draw and gets killed. He gets killed and he's going he's going up. I'm making a motion with my hand <laughs> that you can't see on the They're doing it more like the baseball, like you have a good game. Yeah, you might get called, called up, up to the next level. And then you play a couple games and you're pushed back down. Well, John which, McEnroe does call it the minor <laughs> leagues, which everyone hates. But Well, and they do. I mean, you can't blame the players for wanting to get in the big tournaments. Oh, of course. There's more money per right. round. Well, that the whole structure of it has to change money-wise as well. Right, right, right. And so... Just like you can't fund the lower level to any cert, any to any degree because it's too expensive, right? And you nobody cares about tennis in this country, so I know we can't do it. Other countries might do a better job, yeah, at the challenger level, but they limit. I mean, it's a one twenty five k, and that's it. The prize yeah. money. I guess you can pay more. Apparently, that was the theory between equal pay. <laughs> ah, so what? Then right. it's only an eighty k for the women. Pay them ten million. <laughs> well, it just doesn't work that right. way. But yeah, I mean, if if the tours would, you know, do a, I don't know, I don't, because then you're dealing with getting into the Federation's business too. Yeah. You know, because I don't know the tours want to come down and tell the USTA what to do. But at the same time, they just cut the whole tour in half, which hurt the USTA pro circuits. But right. if they sort of regulated that better and, and funded it along with it, upped, upped all the prize money, right. then, then you would be able to keep people players in those tours longer because they're not starving to death. And if they earned their way into a a 250 or a 500, it's like you can't tell them no because they need to make that money to survive. So you raise more money, you know, raise the prize money up higher for those uh, pro circuit events, the, the minor leagues. And maybe, maybe it does. But anyway, we start with the main tour schedule and that's going to, then you can go down to back. Yeah. Go backwards from there. And I think the whole thing is mirrored. Yeah. You know, you, you put, you put, you know, the Brooklyn challenger, you know, one twenty five K or something a week before the U S open. Right. And that way, if you do need, you know, some people to, to fill in a draw because you have the top one twenty eight out, you got them right there. But anyway, so our, our schedule and we haven't handwritten it out precisely, but no, generally speaking, but would you say it's 24 weeks about it depends on how much we can get everybody to move their their <laughs> right, but you, I mean that's if we we have assuming yeah. we have ultimate control. Yeah, because in in to me the postseason, if you will, including because I don't want to get rid of the year in championships. No, but ultimately those are just I think just I don't even care about points. I think those should be for straight bonus money. Right, like the Super Bowl in football or the NBA championship. It doesn't matter. You don't start one and zero the next season, right? Or like. You just get a ton of money and a yeah. ton, you know, whatever. 
So yeah, and you don't, so in the person like who has more bragging rights, the person who finishes the year number one or the person who wins the year in championship in tennis. Like it doesn't winning the year in championship doesn't mean anything. Yeah, especially if Jack Sock, you know, won it. <laughs> he he was probably so far away in points from Federer, right. whoever was won that year, that it's not even close. But I mean, even if he did right. beat him and surpass, like it's gonna the first thing's gonna be who won the most slams that year. Right. Uh, and the second one's gonna be what who finished number one, and then the third maybe is gonna be the year in championship. I don't even know if that would factor in. So but yeah, six weeks per right. Grand Slam series. One masters. So the so the the overall structure we would have this times four. Right. We'd have a Grand Slam series where each each section of the calendar culminated, big word for the app, <laughs> uh, culminated in that Grand Slam. Right. And all the tournaments preceding that, that are part of that series, have to have the same color scheme of courts, the right. same uh, type of courts, how they make them, the same speed, right. all the rest of the Ideally, kind of stuff. The same general area. Right, and uh, ideally the same, and and you could really spread out. To I I think it's pretty reasonable to spread out the Australian because it's kind of the the Euro right. a, or the have Australia in, Asia Tokyo have one in yeah. Beijing you yeah know. for sure and and men and women could be wherever I mean they don't right. have to do them all together but they can do some of them together so in other words and the, same with the French they shouldn't all be in France which they're not now they're not now yeah. but. But the idea is that just like the U.S. Open series we have. Yeah. Now, you, I, I think some adjustments need to be made. I don't have a problem with starting it with a 250, um, each one. Um, just because. It's a brand new surface. And, and it comes right after the previous slam. Exactly. And so maybe somebody who maybe didn't do well in the slam, they want to get out there early, jump in the 250. Yeah. You know. Um, and then someone who did really well in the slam needs that week off. Like they're going to take that week off no matter what the tournament is. Right. And so if you if you put a, you know, a, a thousand, a thousand, a master series tournament, then, then you're risking big time players not being there. Right. So, yeah. So I don't mind starting with a 250 like Atlanta or something. Right. Uh, and then you go into the 1000, the masters. I like that. And then you have three yeah. weeks yeah. of 500s and 250s, depending right. And I don't mind having two fifties the same week if they're further apart, right? You know, in the same general region, but further apart. You know, depending on because here's the thing: you have to balance. I could just say let's start clean, but to some degree, you want to work in the framework of the the tournaments that exist. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. they have success, they have history. Um, you know, they've built all that. Over, you know, part of the success of our game is to some degree rests upon those tournaments that have, you know, a legacy. Right. Um, so I don't mind having, if you have a week of two fifties, you just have two. Right. And then, you know, the 500, you just have one 500. And if you want to have a two fifty on, on it, on clay during the grass season, fine. It better be in Bogota, Colombia <laughs> or somewhere. I'm pointing right. you know, another, I'm doing more gestures. You can't see. I'm pointing probably nowhere near the direction of Bogota, Colombia. <laughs> what do you think? Not uh, Probably not too bad. There you go. Not too bad. Yeah. Um, and then it finishes a flourish with the, another thousand and then a week in between with the 250. Okay. So that way, if you lost early, you can jump in, get one more tournament maybe on that right. surface, but it's not, it's not going to hurt anybody if you don't play it. Right. Then the grand slam, there's your series. And it, so part, that, it could, that's about seven to eight weeks per slam. And when, and I think you you take out those two fifties to kind of well, and they're not playing, but the people aren't playing the whole every seven or right. Weeks, so that's what I'm, yeah. Like that doesn't increase the amount they're playing now, right? 
And, you know, I, I think the Australian and U.S. Open series, series is, what's the plural of series is? A series. Oh. <laughs> uh, can be longer maybe than the French and the Wimbledon series is. Because yeah, I mean, as much as people, as we complain about Wimbledon being too short, I don't think we need six weeks of grass. It would be tough to, it'd be a tough sell, I think. Plus uh, you need to fit both of those into the summer. Well, really all three of them are summer. Well, well eh, yeah, yeah. So, but in order to do that, we would push the Australian Open series back to starting at the beginning right. of December. Right. So essentially, it's like a fiscal year where it starts whenever it feels like it. Yeah. Um, and so the, the, the tennis season would start December and maybe even the last week in November, depending, because you got to kind of leave Christmas and thanks, right. Thanksgiving out if you're whatever. So, no, you don't. No, <laughs> actually, there are, there are people that celebrate other things besides Thanksgiving right. and Christmas. I get it, but still. But I think late. The American mid, market mid, late should December matter. The American market should add, add, you know, matter a little bit. But anyway, yeah, so we start late late November, early December. That's the beginning of your season. Right. All right, first week in December. That's what we'll do. Yeah. And then you play into January for the Grand Slam, and then there's the beginning. You got to smush the French a little bit closer. That's the problem, yeah, because it's right now it's end of May. It's a get, so there's a, a huge big, gap, but I don't think like it's never too bad of weather in France where like, and then, and by the way, the French is the least attended of all four, I think by a pretty wide margin. Yeah. So if they move it to March, like what are they going to lose? Yeah. In fact, you're going to get a lot more tourists School. coming over March spring break in America. They're all people are able to travel to France. No, you won't summer, but <laughs> doesn't matter. In New York, people are in school. Right. It's during, who cares? So it, it doesn't matter if the French, if the Grand People Slams are year round. Yeah. Well, yeah. And tennis popularity in other places in the world, you know, people, people go to the Super Bowl here in right. the dead of winter. Yeah. So, yeah. So you'd have to smush and try to, you know, move as much as you could. And if we had to take, you know, the Australian, if we had to push the six weeks of the Australian and start later, maybe start, you know, one week before Christmas. Right. And then skip Christmas and then New Year's and then start right in there, you know, right for the, the 250 the week before Christmas. And then that then Masters nothing. would be right out of the gate, right. out of the holidays to, to push the Australian closer to the French. And then we could come back with the French a little bit right. towards the Australian. That way there's not a huge gap because I got news for you. I hate playing Miami and Indian Wells in the middle of, by the way, weather in uh, Miami right now. Probably like how about December? 85. The same, <laughs> yeah. right? So, same with California. Same with Indian Wells. Indian it, Wells, for that to be during spring break is a complete waste. It, it could be any time. Not it true. It should be right before the U.S. Open. There's one benefit. Teams like ours that go out to California for <laughs> spring break can go to the Indian right. Wells. And That's, well, I mean, obviously, for a traveling perspective, people love it. You know, be able to go there. But that could be the start of the French Open series. Could be, you know, spring break because that would be mid March. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that push it back. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, it'd be a, you'd have to move it a smidge forward. Yeah, um, but well, that could be your thousand point. Now, are you so now? Are we going to take Miami and Indian Wells, and are those going to be now crammed into the U.S. Open series? I think one of them. Yes, I think one of them. Maybe they of, alternate women one year, men one year. Yeah, like the Rogers Cup, that kind of thing. Um, I mean, they're a little further apart than farther, further. You couldn't turn Miami. I was thinking you could turn Miami into it, make it part of the French Open series, and make it clay, just because it's that kind of weather. But that's getting a little far from Paris. Yeah, a little bit. 
A little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think, and that's what we knew would happen with the schedule is there's going to be tournaments that are successful and popular that have to be moved or removed. Yeah, but those are so dumb where right. they are. They're just, they're just dumb. Yeah. In Miami. They're is, almost like separate events. And Miami is in a football stadium. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Or just make them, I mean, this is going against what we're saying, but you could just make them 1,500 point events. Just make them two standalone events that are 1,500 points and put them in December. That's it. Well, like whenever the beginning you of them, December. Yeah. But make them not part of any of the series. They're just two 1,500 events and they're, you know, Man, like they would, the fifth major. The USTA would fight that a <laughs> lot. That's the problem. But here's the thing the only way to make this happen. So then, well, anyway, so then we continue. So if you move the French Open forward towards or move it earlier in the year towards right. the, the Australian, that gives you a, a little bigger window for Wimbledon. Right. And again, I think you're right. We don't need to have six weeks leading no. up to Wimbledon. But, but at the same time, two. two ain't good enough. Um, and U.S. Open, the U.S. Open could finish end of July, middle of August. It doesn't matter. We could even go 250, 1,000, 250 Wimbledon. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, or a 500, you know, in, in there and get rid of a 250. We, ha- we have to have bigger. There's, it's just not right. I mean, is there any reason that the U.S. Open needs to finish the second week of September? You're competing with football. Yes. People are back in school. True. Like, end in mid-August, everybody's out of school. Everybody can go. Everybody can watch. Right. There's no com- no sports competition in August. There's nothing. Are you saying because the U.S. Open series is too long because there's too many tournaments? No, I'm just saying that moving those others earlier would help with that. Well, yeah, but I, I don't know that that would matter. You could leave the U.S. Open right where so it's at. So you don't have a problem with the length of the season in terms of... No, because if you're not... When it starts and when it ends. Right, beginning you're just to end. You're talking about number of events. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, of I course... Because we were trying to shorten both. No, I don't care about that. I care about how much time you're on court. Right. Because you feel like you have to be, because there's a trillion tournaments yeah. that don't mean anything, but here they are. Right. So, either way. I don't, I'm good either way. Although, yeah. I, I do worry about, you know, potentially... If it's hotter a little later, it's so humid up there in New York. Yeah. That could be really, you got a good chance for it to be cool in the evenings. Well, yeah, we saw that this year. It got cooler as the tournament went along. Right. Where, you know, so we push it back there, you know, you can get one of those real hot, you know, summers and now it's just, you know, then it feels like Australia. People (laughs) are just dying. Uh, You do have the roof. You do have night matches, which helps. But ultimately, if you leave it sort of at the beginning of fall-ish. Yeah. I think it's fine, but um, that would be the end of the season, and then the year-end championship, uh, who cares? I don't right. care when you put it. And so, same with all those team events, you're just... Don't care about any of right. because that's it. Cause that's, that's all like, optional. That's like the Pro Bowl, that's like, yeah. you know, All-Star going game, Canadian right. Football League, or whatever <laughs> else people do that's not the NFL. I don't think there's a sp- that they should set aside anywhere in the calendar for any of those. Right. If no. If you want to do it, that's fine. The, the only things that they should set aside for are the Olympics. Yeah. That's it. They need to accommodate the Olympics somehow if they need to, you know, whatever. Well, and that would be another reason not to shorten the schedule because you wouldn't be able to put the Olympics back in there probably. Right. You'd have to leave those extra, have those extra weeks. Yeah, because you don't need, you know, six months, you know, to play the Olympics. But it's you're totally week. right. There should be, in the course of the year, there should be about 28 tournaments total. That's it. So there's your, and that's that's if you played every single one. And you can't stop people from playing other events. Yeah. But if you if you put the 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 
tournaments in close enough proximity, they won't have time. And if those people, like, I don't sympathize with those people because they chose. They play 58 matches a day. (laughs) So, you know, if they decide to do that on top of the the schedule that's already there, that was exactly. If you're playing something that's outside of any of the Grand Slam series, that was your choice. But you can't blame them now if they play Indian Wells and Miami in between two seasons that have nothing to do with those courts. Um, You can't blame them. And it's a lot of money and all the rest of it. But the other part of it, of course, is what we've talked about is that series from start to finish will at least in part determine the seeding for that Grand Slam. Yeah. And I think there's got to be minimums um, that you have to play within that series to be able to be in the Grand Slam. Right. Now, of course, we'd have to be very, you know, we would have to apply those rules liberally and yeah. give a lot of leeway for, you know, injury, et cetera, and you know, maybe not actually check doctor's notes and stuff, <laughs> whatever, just to see, because right. I, you know, but I think with less tennis, I don't think there'd be as much of that nonsense, maybe. But uh, yeah, I think, and I'm fine with all the, yeah, the year end one is always going to be, there's never going to be a good time for that. You can't do it two weeks after the open because people are just not. Yeah, but to me, the year end is not part. It's like the Pro Bowl. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me. And I don't think it matters to anyone. Well, and maybe. Money-wise, it does, but it doesn't connect to anything. When you talk about, like, maybe that should be the start of the, you know, the, the year. Like, you start the year with a showcase of all the best players from the previous year. And, like, who cares what it means? But, dude, that's just a way to get all them out so there. So, mid-November. Yeah. That's your late November. That's your, you know, ATP top showcase, WTA top showcase. And, but I said, like for you, I, I agree with what you said. It should be more about a money thing than a ranking thing. Cause yeah, it does, it's not for ranking anyway, as it is. Well, it's the same amount as every other tournament that's a, like it's a ranking. Right. It doesn't decide the best player for the year. Or, or it, they, maybe it could. Maybe they say, all right, the top eight players, if you limp in as a number eight player, yeah, we play this tournament. And they play uh, all the way out to eighth place. And that's the one through eight for the next year. But what is it? You mean that's where your ranking starts? I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I, I just don't care about that tournament. No, I, don't. I know. I don't think that's what I'm saying. I don't think there's a way to make I, people I, care. I think the only thing that it matters is like you said, it's a showcase. It's like, hey, these were the best eight players from 2019. Right. Here they are. Yippee. Yeah. So I'd, I really only care about it in that context. Yeah, so it doesn't need to connect. Like I said, it's like the Pro Bowl. It's really yeah. like the Pro Bowl. It's the, the the eight guys or eight women that earned a spot to make. Right, and I don't think know, there's a way to make it worth anymore. I don't think. It's worth a lot of money. Well, that's what I mean. The money's not going to entice the Federer and Djokovic at all. I don't know. That's a lot of money. <laughs> he's got schools in Africa to build. That's true. And I'm not kidding about that. Yeah. I mean, he's the more money he... I, I guarantee you that's a motivation for a lot of those players at that level. It's like... Yeah, I'm, I'm stacking money on top of money, but it's for a cause ultimately. So if he doesn't play it, hey, he doesn't love the children. I don't like that it's always indoor hardcore, but that's that we've talked about that before. But I think it should rotate with the slam surfaces or something. Yeah, each or four, you know, well, but there's so much money. They have to find the right people to, to do it. That's why it doesn't matter also is there's so many outside influences are deciding what it is and where it is that I, I just don't even care. But I mean, I think because when the time we're at mid-November, implying that we've been playing eleven months straight like it is now, nobody cares about that tournament. I think it would be way more buzz if it was the start of the year. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Maybe because everybody's getting it's sort of like opening day, and 
baseball, we don't have that in tennis. Right. Like nobody care. Nobody cares about the opening round of well, Perth or Brisbane. Yeah. But they would care if it was oh man ATP showcase. Right. You know, just ma- even make it make it just a quick eight single elimination, you know, three day deal. Now here's the other part that I don't know if you're going to agree with. I hope you don't <laughs> for the just the sake of this awful podcast this week. Kim Kleiser's in the schedule. That's what we, <laughs> this is awful. If you're listening to this still, oh man. This is why we need a more coherent season. Yeah. Well, exactly. But here's the other piece to that. That from the, the first tournament in that first week in December, everybody starts at zero. And that theoretically should motivate all them to play. Well, if it's more coherent, then it can truly be a race. It's not a race if like we all run 50 yards and then <laughs> nine of you sit down while three of us still keep running. And you know what's funny about that? Like, I swear I have not heard somebody mention the race points. Oh, it's on like the dumb years. website. But no, they mentioned someone mentioned it in the O's and they were like, Medvedev's third in the race. And I'm like, that's the first time I've heard the race, what race? on TV like see in running, years. See running hurdles on the side that we but don't yeah, know about? When, but when you go to the website, it's like featured very prominently and they never talk about it ever. Because it doesn't mean anything. No, it doesn't. And they chumped out is what they did. Right. Hey, we're going to have a race and it's going to be the thing. And everybody that wasn't number one that had has yeah. all these points was like, well, this is stupid. And they don't use it for anything. And they were like, okay, well, we're done with the race then. We'll just keep it for no reason. But if you have more coherent season. Yeah. And everybody has more of an opportunity to play. And guess what? Sorry, uh, Nadal and Feder, you can't skip entire swaths of the season right. uh, and and do whatever. Or you can. You just won't be the one seed. At well, I was going to say, how do you do the draw for the first Masters? I don't know. That's the problem. No, I don't know. Um, well, you can keep the points, but I think, I mean the. It makes sense to have a rolling schedule, but yeah. obviously it's not foolproof because Federer sits out an entire clay <laughs> season and doesn't drop out of the right. top three. I know. Um, and so that alone should be some indicator that that's not a pure system. Well, and maybe there should be some kind of weighting that the more recent the result is, the more it's worth. Yeah. You know, like when, remember when Tiger Woods was number one in golf, like a year and a half after he'd won a tournament. Right. He was still number one because they do a two-year rolling, I believe. Or at least they did then. Yeah, I don't know. Golf but, is dumb. No, I think that's the... And again, we always talk about fairness. You know, it, to me, it's a build. And these some of these terms don't have a build. Well, here's what we can't do. We can't make this change while the tyrants at the top three <laughs> are still there. It's not going to happen. <laughs> right. But as soon as they, they retire... anything. Yeah, as soon as they retire and the rest of this, you know, rabble of players <laughs> below them... And that's all they've got. That we, we're going to need something to spice up the tour, and the men can do it separate from the women if they want. You know, it doesn't matter. The, the grand slams might move, and other tournaments may have to slightly adjust around that based right. on where they're at. But you know, if the women don't want to do it, then fine. But what else are we going to do? Wait for a team to limp to a <laughs> French Open victory? Well, and do you think Federer, Djokovic at all Wait care about the schedule? I'm not done yet. They're not. He's not going to. And then watch everybody lose their mind. This is the first winner of the French Open right. since Nadal won it 19 times in a row. <laughs> and everybody's going to act like that matters. He's finally and, reached the pinnacle, or just everybody else went away. Yes. So he entered the by pinnacle himself. got lower. He didn't reach it. Yeah. So uh, what was your? Well, I was just going to say question. Like, you think Federer and Nadal, Djokovic care about the schedule, like how many tournaments? Because they play 15 tournaments a year. That's right. it. They don't care. 
Like, it doesn't matter to them. But if it affected the seedings. Right. But they don't want it. You're right. The bottom line is they don't want to change anything. But why that's would why they? it's got to be, it's all got to be tied in together. Like you said, everybody's got to play a minimum of two lead ups. Everybody's got to play. But that's why, well, yeah, I guess you could make the minimums low enough to where they would do it if we thought, first of all, it's never going to happen. Right. But I mean, it, if, if it did, people call us, call in if you have any control over this at all. <laughs> but here's how it would happen. The ITF. The ITF controls the four Grand Slams. Yeah. It's that simple. Which and is, what, 80% of the yearly revenue probably? I would, I would have to think. Yeah. Oh, yes. Maybe higher. Maybe higher. Um, if, they, if they threw their weight around and said, hey, this is what we want to do, then, then maybe things will start to happen. However, maybe the reason we did it in the U.S. to have this U.S. Open Series was purely marketing. Of course it was. They don't care about a series. Right. They don't care about it. They were, they were just looking for a gimmick, used car and sales gimmick. they tie the U.S. Open name to a... Right. A the Cincy tournament. And, <laughs> and, you know, Atlanta and, right. you know, all that. So, yeah. So, it well, was... That's a, what I mean. You say They accidentally happen. had a good idea. They, they've done it for the U.S. Open, so I shouldn't say that can't happen. Well, they've sort of done it. Because right. they certainly aren't as gung ho about the series anymore as they That's were. That's you don't hear it. You don't hear first, about it hardly. Right when it first came out, um, but you know, and I don't care about bonuses for like the U.S. Open Series no, tried to either. start with all that crap. I don't that if you make the points in the in the prize money tied in to that Grand Slam that the series goes with. That's all the power you need to get the players to do it. Do what they need to do. Well, and it's like. You're catering, as tennis is known to do now, They're, those bonus things cater to the people who already have... All, like, if you win, you have enough points to be number one in the U.S. Open Series, you probably want a Masters and got a million dollars. Like, you don't need the bonus right. money right. on top of what you're already winning. Like, if Federer decided, I'm going to play everything in the U.S. Open Series and then won the U.S. Open... Yeah, they came up with this scheme like it's the 70s. Right. Like, that was a lot of money, and there wasn't as much money in the game. Yeah. So, yeah, so basically that would be it. And And again, the ITF has to want to do something like this to sort of not bully, but at right. least, you know, encourage. But the idea being there's six to eight weeks at each slam. So you got a maximum of 32 weeks and you don't have to play them all. Right. But they're all there for the various needs of players, whether you coming in early or you didn't make the you know deep in the last tournament, whatever. Right. And it gives us enough room and the minimums. You just don't make the minimum psycho. No, you got to play five tournaments. And well, and why would the tour argue with the idea of, Oh, every player has to play two or three lead ups. Like that means all your marquee players are playing. Here's what's going to happen. You have to pull the bandaid off. Yeah. The players will fight it at first and some won't come. So what? Right. Bite that bullet, tear the bandaid off and then recover from there. But none of the players are skipping the slams. Right. If they have to play the lead ups to get in the slams. They don't have a choice. Right, even if it's minimums, right, right. So that's the thing. I mean, they'll be well. They'll have some kind of backdoor, like wild cards. Yeah. Federal say, yeah, give me four wild cards. Cool. <laughs> or you know, I got injured out first round. You know, I got withdrew right before the tournament started, or whatever. Right. Oh man, that new guy at sixty eight in the world is really good. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's you know, I just think for cohesion, because again, I'm, and I think baseball has that problem that a one hundred sixty two game season where every game is independent of the previous game, you can't keep that buzz for 162 games. The tennis has the same problem. Right. You can't keep the buzz for the the Japanese tournament this week and then the Chinese tournament next week. Right. Like it's got to lead to something or be tied into something. Right. 
And again, that's the, the goal. The pro series, the you know the the minor leagues, the challenger level and, and below, that could stack right below the series is is the series series is well they could Siri tell me how to say series is is they could make that related to qualifying for the slams you know that too right exactly so the point being is is if we get that set then the bottom level will be set right and have more cohesion then it's almost like you said it's like the web.com tour right that becomes now you know the whatever tour the top 10 that finished this year are guaranteed x number of ATP level events next year. Right. You know, so they're not having to go back and forth, which sucks for them too. Yeah. Are the bottom 10 relegated? <laughs> yeah. That's, They'd have to be. That's true. Yeah. And it's yes, whatever. You always have the wild card thing. You've always got, but yeah, right now I feel like we've got separate tours. Like nobody's, nothing's related to each other. Yeah. The series aren't related. The slams aren't related. Right. It's like, Oh, we're going to, we're playing clay this week and then it's grass next week and then it's hard court next and week. And golf is the same way. I don't ever know what's going on in golf and all the grand slams are all like, they're all in the same week. Yeah. They're like, they a try day to do apart. that in golf with the, like the, the ending that nobody cares about the qualifying. Yeah. That and maybe FedEx, that would happen with tennis too, but at least there's something. They only have one switch. They have to turn on tigers in tigers out. That's it. That's <laughs> right. That's their success. And I mean, for real. It's it's night and day when he's in a tournament. But my fear is next next I keep saying next year, but the next couple of years and we don't have Federer and all Djokovic, our switch might be off. The you know, lights are out, party's that's, over. That's what I'm worried about. You know what though? This podcast is not over, <laughs> but it is for this week. <laughs> we clarified nothing. No. And there's really nothing to talk about. But I did want to get that whole situation with the Yeah. The schedule out there so we could tweet it out to the person that uh was asking about it. But we I do mean, have exciting things to come. This year? Yeah, no, not really. I don't, I mean, all right, just like the Grand Slams, I'll get overly hyped about, yeah. you know, by the way, the the Laver Cup, Yeah, somebody brought it up, and I don't know if we talked about this or not, but I don't really care if they put genders together. First of all, at least world would have a better chance <laughs> with the women right. uh, against Europe, Yeah, and it's not an ATP event. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's a third do party want. event, but it's too successful. Right. Or, or is no it, did it drop off it. year two a lot? You know, I think it, I think it did just because the first year there was so much hype. Right. Um, but I think like you said about the tiger, it's all about who they can get to play. Yeah. If Federer and Dollar are out there, it's going to be huge. Yeah. If it's Federer and Djokovic, it's a little less. Yeah. If Federer, it's, Federer and Nadal chest bumping and doubles. Right. It's like, it's like Twinkies. It's, it, it really is no good. But in five years when it's Chilich teams Vera versus, you know, <laughs> whoever we have at that point, right. it's not going to be, no one's going to care. Yeah. Federer's driving it right now, and if he's not there, it's going to be, it's going to drop precipitously. Yeah. Well, good for them. And I, these events don't bother me if we get our, if we get our schedule, if we had our schedule in place. The rest of this stuff wouldn't matter to me. Right. Because then it's not like, like you said, everybody complains about this and that and the other, and then they pop up playing these dumb That's things. That's what I do find kind of annoying about these players limp through the slams with injuries, and then like like Medvedev's probably playing for Team Europe. It wouldn't surprise me. Right. I mean, after limping through the Open. So some of it is self-inflicted, as much as we talk about the schedule. Yeah. I mean, for Team and Zverev and those people, it's definitely self-inflicted when you play 35 tournaments. Well, here's the deal. You're right. I mean... When the basketball season starts, the NBA season starts, LeBron James 
is not flying around the world playing other basketball <laughs> games during right. the basketball season. Right. And that's what happens in tennis. Right. And it, it drives me insane. It, it, it does. It's, it's, it's silly. That's where ATP Showcase comes in. Start of the season. All the top I like. You know what? What the hell? I like it. <laughs> I'm all in on the ATP. Uh, <laughs> ATP NWTA Showcase. Is it Showcase? I don't know what you call Something. it. Something. We're going to come up with a name maybe next week, maybe the week after. Opening... That'll be your corner. Not opening day, but opening week. No, your corner. Yeah. Kickoff. No, yeah. not kickoff. <laughs> Tip off. Not something. Face off. We'll figure it out. We'll figure no, it that's out. that's hockey. I'm thinking of other sports. Right. All right. So, yeah. So that'll be a future corner is what we call I that. like it. Put you to work. <laughs> All right. Well, you got anything else? I mean. I that's it. Kim Kleister's in the schedule. Full day today. <laughs> what an awful podcast this was. This was awful. We satisfied one Listener request. No, no, no. Belgium is off the hook. The calls are coming in from Belgium oh, yeah. right now. They're sending us waffles everywhere. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Why do we do this when it's this bad? We should have an off season too. That's right. <laughs> we, we need, need to podcast have off season. Exactly. All right. Instagram. Do you know what it is? Tennis Revolution Pod. Man. See, I good. don't need one. I like. I'm like that woman in the commercial. I have my own like pictures and that's not how it works <laughs> that's not how any of this works which i'd be able to play the drop if our producer right. would get his life together uh how about twitter what is it tennis rev pod he's two for two all right give me th- don't ask me anymore <laughs> give me three platforms you can listen to it on itunes iHeartRadio, actually because i've done it and spotify man look at that stitcher yeah how about, everywhere how about podbean we have one listener on podbean <laughs> every week one i don't even that know could be the one that like is going to be driving this thing for the, the future the most faithful listener yeah. we have i that made that up Federer. i made that up but i think i've looked on the podbean app sort of i, I don't know how to do any of this stuff so sometimes I just end up places on accident <laughs> and i'll see like one download on podbean yeah. every week so anyway so yeah so we got podbean yeah there's a lot of them and uh, I think we have one listener on each. <laughs> so we Hopefully need like not the same one. We need like fifty thousand more platforms, That's and we'll right. be all set. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're missing. I don't care if it's the same one. No, I don't care. Doesn't matter as long as you download it on every one. That's right. All right. Anything else going on? I think that's it. All right. Well, until next time. Thanks for joining the revolution. Bye, guys. Kimmy.